You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, this is, 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 is Kickoff in the Valley. Now here's your host, Tyler, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome into the kickoff of the Valley Podcast, covering your Arizona Cardinals. My name is Gunnar. That is Tyler Vasquez. We'll chat a little bit more about the loss to the Vikings on Sunday. We'll touch a little on the uh, upcoming game on Sunday against the Seahawks. Tyler, good to see you back uh, at home after being in Minnesota over the weekend. Yeah, uh, I would like to say it's drastically warmer, but weather was beautiful in Minnesota. It was great. <laughs> I mean, so so not, not much change. Um between here and there i mean it's you know yeah. i'm sure minnesota is going to get really bad really soon but uh arizona is pretty nice right now it's the best time of the year oh, right gorgeous. Here. Spring. gorgeous. Yeah. i went back and watched some of the uh the, the part of the game where you you played the audio in the last podcast where your voice was uh heard on national tv saying that's a touchdown uh i, I just wanted to go back and reminisce on that and see if there was something that we missed but i i did notice that there was a random seahawks fan in the stands there in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts? And then just just a little conversation on this, I guess, before we jump into things. But what are your thoughts on somebody wearing a team's jersey of a team that's not even playing in the game? Because she, she was know. on the front row, front <laughs> <Yeah>. row, <laughs> bright green Seahawks jersey. I don't know what I hate more. I don't know if I hate more the person wearing it or when fans give the comment like they make the the token you're at the wrong game uh, comment at that person. So I despise both. Uh, okay. I don't think I, my wife, she's a Packers fan. Why she liked green and yellow. I don't know. She doesn't really have any allegiance to the Packers, but I think the Packers were good and she just was a front runner and didn't okay. have allegiance to a football team, but uh, she, she was a Packers fan. And so she wants to wear her Packers garb to any game that we go to. And I always tell her like, no, don't do that. Don't be weird. So I, I'm anti wearing the, okay. the different stuff to a, to a game where that team isn't playing. Now, when we went to see the Cardinals play the Packers at Lambeau, I said, have at it, wear whatever you want. Go yeah. Right. No, it was fine. Yeah. But yeah, showing up at a different game and making it look like a pro bowl is, is weird to me. So, okay. So if, if uh, th- there's two teams to the Super Bowl, which is here in Phoenix, uh, you know, in February, the Cardinals more than likely will not be in the Super Bowl. But if you had tickets to the game and it was don't rule the them out, Gunner. And the Eagles or something like that. I am <laughs> I will die on that one. I think I'm gonna go ahead and rule them out if uh if they make it uh just chop my head off. Okay. Uh but okay. I mean let's say you're at the, the Super Bowl, you're a hardcore Cardinals fan, you're a season ticket holder for years and years and years, and the Super Bowl is there at uh State Farm Stadium. Are you wearing any Cardinals garb or what what would you be wearing? That's tough because I've gone to like Las Vegas. I love going to Vegas for the Super Bowl. If if I always kind of book two flights, I book one flight to wherever the Super Bowl is going to be in the event that the mm-hmm. Cardinals somehow make it. 
and then I book a flight to Vegas because if you've not done Vegas for a Super Bowl, you're missing out. There's like usually yeah. an all you can eat. There's a buff. Uh, it's the buffet. It's the open bar. Usually like a hundred bucks. Were we and... there together last year or no? You went to LA though. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I, I do Vegas every year. The one year I didn't do it was. Uh, COVID. Oh, I flew. I flew back. No, I flew back Sunday morning to catch the game. Or I drove back Sunday morning. No, you stayed for the Super Bowl. I drove back. We went to yeah, the concert right, okay, right before. We, okay. Yeah, we went to uh, George Strait the night George before. George Strait. That was that same weekend. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you do the Vegas thing, too. Okay. I, I typically will go. But, um, yeah, I haven't done it in a couple of years. The wife isn't. She doesn't care. But Vegas so is like a di- Vegas is a different animal, though, man. Everybody wears the jersey in Vegas. I'm thinking. So like that's that's actual- what I'm saying. Like, everyone wears it. But, yes, going back to your question about at the Super Bowl itself. I yeah I mean I try to if the Cardinals had a player on that team I try to wear their Cardinal jersey like a prior so, Cardinals player yeah when when the okay. Baltimore Ravens were in it a few years ago and Anquan Bolden was on the team it was probably 10 years ago whatever I wore my Cardinals Anquan Bolden jersey to to kind of support him not that yeah. I'm a Ravens fan but I I was a big Anquan Bolden fan so I, I think there's some rules around that when it comes to Super Bowl but yes going to a random game that's just weird. Don't do that. Yeah, but also, like, don't be that guy that yells at that person all day. Yeah, you're at the wrong game. <laughs> now I was at the Coyotes home opener last week, and uh, Coyotes and uh, Winnipeg, and there was a random Seattle Kraken uh, hockey jersey at the game. And no, I was not that guy that said you're at the wrong game. But I, you know, it just struck me as odd. And then when I saw the Seahawks play, which both random, you know, the Seattle teams, just ironically, uh, with those Seattle jerseys. But uh, just kind of you know, a little little thing in the back of my little nugget there kind of see what everybody's take is on that i think it's weird yeah definitely weird but speaking of weird let's go to cliff kingsbury he met with the media yesterday and i want to hear your take because i know you're very hashtag fire cliff absolutely uh cliff kingsbury when asked what the cardinals need to do to right this ship his reply gunner they need to take it one day at a time (laughs) did he phrase it we what, how did he phrase it? Was it we? Uh, all I have is the quote where he says, one day at a time. Like, That's the <laughs> approach uh, to rebound from a three and five start. Okay. So, so is right. this is this the stuff you want to hear from uh, no, there, Gunner? No, I wanted to hear, uh, I wanted to see on social media that he was canned yesterday. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn, they, Brooklyn Nets, I mean, they fired their coach after five games. And they're going to be bringing in like some suspended Celtics coach. I mean, so it's possible to fire a coach early in the season. It's, I mean, it happened with the Panthers as well. Yeah, you that's, know? An I all, mean, that's again, it, all ownership calls, people, right? He, I know people make bad investments all the time, right? And, and uh, uh, Mr. Bidwell, you know, he should just chalk it up to a bad investment. Yeah, you, you lost a little bit of money. Let's bring in somebody new and let's maybe we can pull it together and uh, make the postseason, you know, get the, uh, Get that um, that fan base riled back up again, buying merch and and spending money. Or it, apparently, just based on what we're seeing, he's going to ride it out and just. Uh, I don't get the mentality there, man. I don't. Well, what was, what was interesting, right? The Cardinals, as as we're recording this, right at the trade deadline. The trade deadline was about 15 minutes ago on <laughs> what is today, Tuesday. Uh, this episode will drop obviously Wednesday. Cardinals didn't make any moves, right? So. Oh. What's interesting is because they didn't make any moves, I mean, is that a sign that there could be changes at the end of the season? So you didn't want to mortgage any more of the future uh, by mm. by making by trading future draft picks for guys for today. Is this is Michael Bidwell at the point 
where he wants to see the Cardinals just stay pat, see how they finish the rest of this year, and then make decisions uh, going forward after that. Maybe that's best case scenario. I would have thought that they start uh, selling, you know, uh, trying to get some draft picks or something. Because, I mean, the pieces they put together uh, aren't working, right? So, I mean, it, it seems like they should. On paper, they should. Great names. Uh, yeah. But it's not working. So, do you, would you have tried to – to trade some of these players or one or two for some decent draft picks, knowing that, you know, you just got to cut, got to cut this season up to a loss or they're just confident they're going to turn it around. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised that they didn't look at maybe trading like a JJ Watt, right? Like yeah. that was the name that kind of came up. He's got a pretty sizable contract uh, in, in terms of, you know, move off of that. He's an older player. He's almost 34 years old. Do you move him, try to get some, you know, a couple good, draft picks maybe like a third and a fifth or third and a sixth or something like that to a contender that just needs some help and maybe a third's too high maybe it's fourth and a sixth but whatever you, you get some capital back and send him to a, a contender right i, I mean yeah. at this point but the well, cardinals I mean, are, are, are only one game out of the last wild card spot so they're still within reach so it's like that's why yeah. i think they didn't sell and they didn't purchase i think they're like let's just see what this team can do if they can bounce back that and they have all their draft picks for 2023. I, I just looked that up. They got round one, two, three, four, five may have been traded to the Bills. I can't read that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have all the draft picks. So, I mean, they got a lot of great getting, players. They have some, all the... I think they're getting comp picks back as well this year for, for some guys that left, like Christian Kirk, Chandler Jones. So, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll get some additional picks. Um, I'm pretty sure they did trade, you know, Robbie Anderson. Uh, I think they traded a pick there the later rounds. I don't remember if it was next year or if it was 24 and 25, but mm. yeah, they, they've made oh, some. Oh, yeah, that was 24. Ball. Yeah, that, Robbie yeah, Anderson. So that, that's, the... that's future, so that's not next year. That's but... a round six pick in 2024. And so round you, seven you pick in The top 100 picks is what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they have those those main picks. Yeah. Um, real quick, let's let's go back to the last game. Uh, because our guest is ready and waiting. We'll okay. have uh, Jody Ayler from the, he's the host of the drive on Fox sports, nine ten here in Phoenix. Uh, we'll have him come up here in a couple couple of minutes, but I do want to touch on PFF grades for the last game against the Vikings top defensive player, which just night and day between week one till today, Isaiah Simmons, uh, highest graded player, 87.7. He had a pick six and a strip sack uh, in back-to-back weeks. Now, both for touchdowns. So, um, you know, great to see, because for a minute there, we thought Isaiah Simmons, it was doom and gloom earlier in the season. So to see him really start to show what people were thinking when he was drafted in the first round, it's a great sign. Um, Offensively, DeAndre Hopkins graded out as the top offensive player. No surprise there. 84. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is third on the Cardinals in receiving. How do you like this, Gunner? He's third on the Cardinals um, in receiving yards. Uh, since uh, returning to the team in just the so, two games, and he's only played in two of eight games. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know if that's that's probably more of a side of how bad this offense is. Uh, yeah, compared to, but he did have a huge game, you know, on Sunday, 159 yards uh, with 13 targets. So I mean, he did have a big game. All right, w- one negative and one positive here: Greg yep. Dorch and Robbie Anderson. Greg Dortch played 26% of snaps. Robbie Anderson, 9% of snaps. Meanwhile, A.J. Green, 47% of snaps. So it's almost like this team completely forgot what they did in the Saints game and just went back to old habits by getting A.J. Green a bunch of reps all of a sudden again. (laughs) 
So I, I, I don't and know. That was from Sunday. Yeah, that was from this Sunday. And it's so crazy it- because Robbie Anderson, he got seven snaps. This is a seven year veteran that they just traded for, you know, more than almost two weeks ago at this yeah. point. And he's not getting any playing time. Well, he got and, three and targets. And you said AJ Green was in for how many? 47% of the snaps. And so he got half. one target. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So he's just out there running around doing nothing. <laughs> um, so hopefully the Cardinals will look at that and decide, let's not play this guy anymore. Well, I mean, I mean is, it, is it the coverage on him or is it the, uh, his, he his sucks, Gunner. We keep saying this. He sucks. I, well, I'm trying to look at the positive here. Tyler. I know. I mean, is, maybe they're putting like a, a great defensive, you know, player on AJ green and he's just never open. You know, no, it just, it comes down to, he sucks. Uh, now one, one final positive before we bring our guest in, uh, Rondell Moore played 99% of the Cardinals offensive snaps this week. And he caught seven of eight targets for 92 yards and a touchdown. He had that one touchdown. That was, it was awesome. Um, he also had two rushes for 12 yards. So Rondo Moore getting some play and it's crazy. Rondo Moore plays really well when they start sending him down the field, go, go figure that when they do the passes behind the line of scrimmage that they don't get anywhere. So uh, Rondo Moore was, was a bright spot. And hopefully yeah. just like Isaiah Simmons, you start getting more out of Rondell Moore. You get more out of Rondell Moore uh, like you had hoped when you had drafted him. So, and I made a note here to return your AJ Green uh, Cardinals jersey for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I don't back. want that. Send that back. I was really hoping when the rumors about him going to the Packers, I was really hoping that was going to be the case, and they would have got rid of him. I, I, I want, I want this to be like Moneyball. We referenced this a few times where, uh, like a Jordan Hicks was let go. You know, the Cardinals let go of a lot of guys defensively, and I feel like it was on purpose to make sure that Vance Joseph played the young guys. Mm-hmm. And now offensively, I wanted them to do that to Cliff. Like, get rid of AJ Green so he can't play him anymore yeah. and be forced to play a Greg Dorch. Yeah, get rid of your toy. Robbie Anderson. And, yeah, and then you're forced. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, at this point, it's like Cliff's thought process and I think Kime and ownership's thought process are like two different things. Yeah. And that's part of the problem here. <laughs> um, I want to talk about injuries real fast. Rodney Hudson has already been ruled out for Sunday that he's going to miss, miss his fifth straight game. Rodney Hudson almost retired in the off season. And now he's uh, what I call retired on duty. You know, he's on the roster, but he's basically retired. Mm-hmm. So uh, they say we're going to get him back this year and we need him because if you looked at Sunday, Kyler Murray was pressured at that center position a lot. Um, so it would be nice to see him back. Uh, the, the one positive though is, uh, or two positives is uh, DJ Humphreys who was out on Sunday is day-to-day at this point looks like he will be back this sunday and also james connor and that was per cliff kingsbury so wow. uh, hopefully we get to see james connor back because the run game didn't really get much going uh yeah. no offense to eno as much as we love him here on the show uh, yeah. hopefully you'll get him back and hopefully you'll get dj Humphreys. yeah back. i mean murray was your top rusher on sunday so we got to get uh we got to get somebody in there he's the so top he rusher yours. on the team for the season <laughs> i know he is that's so, a problem that's a big problem yeah. because he shouldn't be and yeah. so when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, at this time, let's bring in our guest this week. 
Mr. Jody Ayler from The Drive every Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. on Fox Sports 910 here in Phoenix. Jody, how's it going, bud? I'm great. How are you guys? Good, man. Hey, you got, my, uh, you got a competitor of mine on the uh, on the, uh, the the line here then, Tyler, huh? 6 to 10 a.m.? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. When you're not getting your country fix with gutter, uh, yeah, you get the sports sure you're listening there. to Jody on your Cardinals fix. Uh, Jody, I want to dive right into this. Free agency obviously just ended right before we started recording this. Cardinals stand pat. They don't do anything. Based on Kyler's contract and knowing that this year and next year is really your years that you can kind of push the chips in and and try to try to make a move here before that contract balloons up and, and you're going to be kind of <clears throat> cap restricted. Um, are you surprised that the Cardinals didn't make a move? I did see a tweet from you saying something about Bradley Chubb that you thought the Cardinals may have been a contender if they were in a better position. But let's hear what your thoughts on why the Cardinals didn't make a move uh, here at the free agent deadline. I think it's a rare instance where the Arizona Cardinals have a firm grasp in reality. I think they know they're not a contender in the NFC. I mean, look at all the moves made. Now, we can make the case that Robbie Anderson was their move and they went in before the flurry of action, but we had a bunch of action today and the Cardinals weren't in on it. I don't think they can afford to trade more picks. I don't think, I'm frankly surprised they didn't uh, trade some of their own players, whether that be a Von Miller type package for JJ Watt or I don't really have a lot of dudes other than JJ and he's a new dad, but I, I think the Cardinals realize they've got enough pieces on the, on the field for this offense to work already. And defensively, the price tag was pretty high. I don't think they were willing to pay it. I think Bradley Chubb was a perfect fit for this team off the edge. I think he's 26 years old, a career high in sacks back when he was a rookie under Vance Joseph. So we know there's a scheme fit there. I just think the Cardinals, and maybe it was finally Michael Bidwell realizing like, hey, I've done enough. I've spent enough. This team has enough talent. I don't think talent is the issue for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and they uh, they decided to stand pat. I'm going to go off course here. What is the issue, Jody? <laughs> if it's oh, not it, talent, let's hear your opinion. What is the issue? Because I'm sure this is going to align with where we think the issue is. But yeah, let's hear your thoughts. Thank you for teeing up that giant meatball for me to just unload on. Um, listen, for me, I talk about it for four hours every morning and I have more or less for the last two years. It's leadership. I mean, I think it's the head coach. I think it's Cliff Kingsbury. Um, anyone that listens to the drive knows uh, what I'm about to say. I repeat all the time. I don't think he's a leader of an NFL franchise. I don't think he commands the respect of the team in a way a traditional head coach does. I think the players like Cliff Kingsbury. I think they're, they're, they're uh, you know, I don't think they've turned on him. I don't think they've quit yet, but I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a leader of an NFL team. Frankly, I'm not convinced that Cliff Kingsbury is a play caller for an NFL team. So this is, to me, the bottom line for them is leadership's an issue. Kyler has his own leadership challenges, in my opinion, that are exacerbated by the head coach's uh, faulty leadership. I think at this point, year four, the fact they're still having organizational issues on the field in year four of an offense of continuity at the head coach, play caller, and quarterback is nothing but a reflection on Cliff's inability to get this team where it needs to be. So, um, yeah, you can't trade coaches. Uh, real, I mean, although they did today kind of in the NBA, uh, Ime Udoka just kind of mm -hmm. jumping from team to team, obviously some extenuating circumstances there. I, I think the Cardinals' biggest problem is head coach. Do you think they uh, – we just kind of posed this prior to having you on, but is it – Michael Bidwell at the top 
maybe a directive of them not making a move right now because he wants to see how this plays out before he makes a decision to make a change in the offseason to decide, you know, when that when that Black Monday hits, when all those coaches get let go, is this let's not mortgage more of the future because he may make a change at GM and, and head coach. I think we might be giving Michael Bidwell a little too much credit with that. I think that makes logical sense. I think that's exactly what should be the case. But in the same instance, I thought, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I think the consensus was this year should have been a feat to the fire year in the first place after mm-hmm. the way last season ended. And instead, they got rewarded with a victory lap and contract extension. <laughs> so Cliff, maybe six months, or Michael Bidwell, maybe six months later, kind of came to the realization like, hey, Maybe these guys aren't the answer at head coach. And by the way, you cannot fire Cliff Kingsbury without also firing Steve Kime. You can't mm-hmm. fire a head coach and let a GM hire a fourth head coach and a GM who has one playoff win in the last decade. They're a package deal as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if Michael Bidwell sees it that <laughs> way, but that's that's the way it should be looked at. Well, let's talk more about Cliff's wild decisions. Uh, we just touched let's on AJ, AJ Green. I mean, it felt like maybe he was making a move in the right direction by benching A.J. Green the week prior against the Saints. And now this Sunday, he's almost in for half of the offensive snaps. I mean, (laughs) I look at that matchup with A.J. Green. Most of the time he was in, he was going against Patrick Peterson. Mm -hmm. And Patrick Peterson looks like a pro bowler guarding A.J. Green. But you got young guys like Greg Dorch. You got Robbie Anderson, who's a little faster, a little taller. Uh, compared to an AJ Green, and and you're not running those guys against Patrick Peterson, and and to me that those were the mismatches that you could have. I'm not an offensive guru, <laughs> but to me, just watching that look like that'd be the logical decision. What do you make of of this loyalty to AJ Green when he's really done nothing this season? Well, I think the the fact that you're not an offensive guru, I'll, I'll just go on and let me say all three of us are not offensive <laughs> gurus. That makes that makes four of us if we include Cliff Kingsbury, who what I also okay. say is not an offensive guru. Um, here's the thing, man. I, I have no idea what they were doing at wide receiver. I think they may have forgotten they traded for Robbie Anderson, that he was not just like they might have just been getting rid of draft picks so that Steve Kime wouldn't blow them on some some players that wouldn't make the roster. And then like, well, that's right, Robbie Anderson. Maybe this week they'll realize he had he had an extra mini bye week to get acclimated. He played more with three days of practice against the New Orleans Saints than he did with three extra days of practice this past Sunday against the Vikings. And your your point's a hundred percent spot on as far as I'm concerned. His speed, it would have been a perfect matchup for Patrick Peterson, who is many things at this point of his career. He is not particularly fast on a straight line the way we're used to seeing the old P2 run a 4-2 straight line and be one of the fastest dudes in the NFL. I don't know what they were thinking there. You would think, and again, this this makes logical sense, were they showcasing A.J. Green by starting him and having him play the snap seated, but then zero catches, one target? That's a weird way to showcase a dude. And then to not trade him? I think this speaks to the overall lack of leadership, the whiplash effect of some of these decisions. Think about where they started the year. Who was wearing the green dot on defense to call out the defensive plays and essentially be the quarterback of the defense? That was Isaiah Simmons. Guess who was effectively benched week two after a pretty bad week one? Isaiah Simmons. This is kind of a pattern when you don't have a real grasp of your team, when you have sort of a split head coaching uh, tree the way Vance Joseph effectively is the co-head coach of the defense and Cliff is the co-head coach of the offense. I think you see these kind of weird decisions being made. 
I can't explain it under any circumstances other than coaching incompetence. Uh, yeah, it, it, a lot of head scratchers there. I, I do want to touch on you. You had uh, tweeted out the other day that Cliff is, and I've seen you say this a few times. Cliff stunning Kyler's development, and and I am completely in agreement. I think when you said he's not a leader of a pro football team or maybe even an offense, I don't think he's a leader of men. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. I, I think he's a buddy, a friend. Like that's the fit with Cliff. But ultimately, we've seen twice already this season, and I'm getting really nervous once as the season trickles on. We're not that far into, into the year. I mean, we're going into week <laughs> nine. It's a long season now. That Them adding that extra game, those tensions are going to boil over, and I feel like there's going to be a all-on just come to blows on the sideline between Kyler and, and Cliff at some point. I, I mean, do you do you see that coming? I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying. I think that I don't know that Kyler will let it get that far. I don't think it needs to get there. I agree with you. He's not a leader of men. You know, I was talking this week after we watched again in week eight of year four more play clock dysfunction at the line of scrimmage. You know, I, I was reading recently an NBA team was struggling with – or an NBA team was preparing for the season by playing with a 16-second shot clock in practice. They wanted to initiate their offense quickly, so they just changed the play clock, the shot clock, at all of their practices to condition their team to initiate their offense. I don't – I think Cliff might have like a 90-second play clock in practices because <laughs> he doesn't want the team to be uncomfortable. He doesn't want anybody to feel pressure. He does. He kind of shies from – the awkwardness of tension and competition as a leader. I think clearly he wants to win. I think he's clearly trying to win, but I don't think he embraces that sort of competitive tension that can bring the best out of world-class athletes. And I think we see that with allowing this offense, whether it's his fault or Kyler's fault, to continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. Now, as far as Kyler's development, I think what we're more likely to see is, and, and I watch this very closely every week, there are going to be things said that indicate that this team is pinning its shortcomings on Cliff Kingsbury. It hasn't really happened yet. We've seen other players do it. Chase Edmonds did it when he left. Obviously, Patrick Peterson did so after this past week. Steve Kime and Kyler Murray sort of took the shrapnel from Patrick. But I think we're going to see some breaking of the ranks from some of the Cardinals. And once that happens, it's a death spiral. There's no getting it back. To Cliff's credit, I don't think this team has quit on him. I don't think they've given up on the season. But, guys, there's only so many times you can get up and get knocked back down. I made this <clears throat> reference this week. I don't think anyone under the age of 40 will, will understand. But you, have you guys seen Cool Hand Luke, the movie Cool Hand Luke with Paul Newman? Mm -mm. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, under four, I'm under 40, Jody. <laughs> you got it. You got it. There's, there's this scene, this famous scene where he's in the prison yard and he's challenging the biggest dude in the prison to a fight. And Paul Newman keeps getting knocked down and he keeps getting back up and he keeps getting knocked down and he keeps getting back up. And it's an incredible scene because it shows he's not, he's in, he's un, uh, you know, unable to be defeated, but he's getting the crap beaten out of him. The point is, there's only so many times you can get knocked down where getting back up makes sense. The mm -hmm. Cardinals had all offseason, got knocked down by the, the Kansas City Chiefs. They get up for the Raiders. They win that. They come back, and they lose the next week to the Rams. They keep getting up knocked down. I think this Vikings game is going to be the big sort of breaking point for Cliff Kingsbury's leadership because I just don't think this team really can believe the same way they did even two weeks ago that they're in it. Well, and, and when 
when you talk about that in that game alone, <laughs> how many times were they knocked down and they came back? They were down right. like, I think it was 11 and then they came back. And then instantly within a few minutes, they were down 11 again or 12 again at that point. And it's it, at some point it's, you know, don't bend, but don't break. Well, I think your, your sales are going to be let out and, and this team is just going to lay down for people at some point. Um, I'm yeah. going to pose that as the final question. The Cardinals are only a game out of the last wildcard spot, and they're two games out of the division. The NFC West is a complete dumpster fire. The NFC as a whole is a complete dumpster fire, not just the NFC West. Are the Cardinals cooked this early in the season? I, I mean, can they? I know numbers-wise, being a game out and two games out, they can get there. This is a nice stretch of the the, the season where, where the games are winnable. But, I mean, do you think they're finished at this point? I do for two reasons. One, I typically personally don't take a lot of – I don't use other people's failures to feel better about myself. I only feel good when I'm accomplishing the goals that I've set out to accomplish. So if I set out to run a personal best in a, in a 5K or whatever, mm -hmm. and I fail, but other people fail worse than I do, that doesn't make me feel good about failing. So just because the Cardinals – are still in it because other teams have failed doesn't make me believe that they should feel good about their own failures i think if you look at it in a vacuum they're three and five and they're lucky to be three and five and i don't think the rest of the nfc shortcomings should prop up the cardinals now you're right mathematically they're still there and so then here's the other question if you look at the wild card race right now in the nfc we have the division leaders let's take the nfc south out of it they're a one bid conference uh, more than likely right you've got the eagles at 7-0 and the cowboys at 6-2 then you have the nfc west with the 49ers and seahawks at the top that means the cardinals in order to sneak into the playoffs are going to have to be better than the giants the uh potentially the los angeles rams and the green bay packers they have to be better than at least two of those if not all three of those teams I don't think that's the case, guys. I don't think they're better than the Rams. I don't think they're better than the Packers, and I don't think they're better than the Giants. Do you think by them not making any moves prior to the uh, deadline today, they kind of are just kind of going to admit defeat this season, you know, and not, not try and turn it around? They're just going to kind of roll with what they've got, hoping for the best, or they, they just kind of waving the white flag on the season? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to say you got to go out there and do it with what you got. And like we mentioned, they needed an edge rusher desperately. It's still the one thing they got to bring pressure. They got to blitz like crazy to get any pressure. And I think an edge would have been a perfect fit. And Bradley Chubb was available. You know, Brian Burns wasn't. We know Bradley Chubb was. So, yeah, I, I think they're basically saying sink or swim. And if you think the Cardinals are a playoff team, you think they're better than the Rams, Giants, and potentially the Packers, all three of those teams. I don't see it. Mm -mm. Yeah, well, Jody, where can people find you on social? We'll get the social plugs in. Yeah, I'm at Radio J-O-D-Y, uh, currently with a blue check mark uh, that I mm. should pay $8, $8 for a month. But uh, Well, 20 we maybe $8. Eight. It depends. Yeah. There's a wide yeah. range there between 20 and 8 with uh with the new owner of Twitter, which I saw earlier. Uncle Elon, yeah. We're yeah. Just, I'm gonna hand I'm gonna hand eight dollars a month to the richest man in the world. That is that's insane. But <laughs> hey, rich um, people don't rich people don't get rich and they don't stay rich uh, without figuring those <laughs> those ways, those uh those things out. So yeah, uh, that's exactly right. Our guest for the week, Jody Ayler, of the uh, host of the Drive every Monday through Friday, six to ten a.m. on Fox Sports, uh, nine ten a.m. Phoenix. Thanks, Jody. I hey, appreciate it, guys. <laughs>
Is that something new? Uh, monthly fee for Twitter account verification? Uh, that, that literally dropped today that there was a, a camera. It was Elon and someone else going kind of back and forth about they, they had gotten a message about it would be $20 to keep your blue check. Uh, and then. Oh, really? Because it's been it's just been a verification thing for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. So he comes in and tries to profit off of it. So what he said, something about 20 bucks, then got a bunch of criticism. Yeah, Someone with a check like replied back to him and said, yeah, right. You're not paying for a blue check. And he goes, <laughs> hey, we got to pay the bills other than advertising. Uh, how about eight dollars wow. a month? And See, that was kind of the end all be out. But I don't hey, know. I mean, hey, yeah. eight, eight bucks a month. I, I've been trying to get a blue check forever on Burger Travel. I'll, I'll pay the eight dollars for the year. Yeah, whatever. but. Uh, yeah, I know, but I mean, people that don't have the blue check mark doesn't mean they're not real now. They just don't want to pay the eight dollars a month, and yeah. I think that that's yeah. where the issue lies is to who's real and who's not. Because I mean, you're going to get somebody in there that uh, I'm that would be willing. Be a- well, there'll still be a vet process, I would imagine. But. Yeah, you just oh, call. Oh man, Tyler, God, Tyler thinks that he can validate his existence for eight dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the hey, car that came in there was a real thing. The car was a car car. It wasn't like the normal car car. It was a it was a car car. Yeah. It's an interesting car coming in on that one. Car. Voice of the bird god is realizing he can actually communicate a lot of different things based on the inflection <laughs> of his car. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you sound like a dead bird, which might be the case for the Cardinals based on what we were just <laughs> heard and what we've been talking about all episode. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals gunner have a 4.4% chance to claim a wild card spot and a 2.8% chance to win the NFC West per football mm-hmm. outsiders. Did Louis. you lose any money on that or no? Because I know you had them at 10 and a half, over 10 and a half wins this season. Did you put any bets on that or no? Oh, I think I did. Yeah. I think I'm, trust me, I yeah. think all my bets have gone to hell. And, you know, my and Kyler that, Murray for MVP sure is yeah. now gone, gone to hell. <laughs> I, I mean, say. <laughs> he hasn't gotten, he hasn't redeemed himself at all. Yeah. Uh, odds on BetMGM to win the division, the Niners were minus 140. This was as of yesterday. Obviously, with trades, that might have changed us a little bit. Seahawks plus 300, Rams plus 450. So even, even Vegas not buying the Seattle Seahawks yeah. that they can keep this up. Uh, the Cardinals are plus 1200. Uh, the Seahawks obviously come to Glendale this Sunday in a very important game against our Arizona Cardinals here at State Farm Stadium. They're leading the NFC West at five and three uh, after being beating the uh, what, what do we call him? The the producer Adam, the the, the voice of the bird god, his New York Giants. There you go. I couldn't think of his nickname yeah. there. His New York Giants. Uh, they, they had a so this is going to be a huge opportunity for the Cardinals as the Rams sit in front of them at, at three and four and the, actually, I think they're both tied at three and four. No, we're three and five. So uh, the Rams are at three and four. So half a game away from the Cardinals and then the Niners are four and four. So everything's really tight. Like we just said. So there, there's de- definitely a lot of opportunity here this weekend. The Cardinals next three games are just crucial. And, and it starts well, with this crucial Sunday. for them turning it around. But I mean, I, yeah. just as Jody said, I'm kind of on that same bandwagon as I mean, there, there's no hope here. They're, they're not going to turn this thing around. I mean, the, the way that they're playing, I, and I and I forgot to bring it up to Jody, you know, about the, uh, I mean, 13 games now with no score in the first quarter, you know, and his uh, his thought process on that one. But, um, I mean, it just based on history, dude, 13 games, no score in the first quarter. The uh, He mentioned the leadership of Cliff Kingsbury. It's going to take a lot to turn this train around, man. Well, you, you, you've got three divisional games all back to back. You've got the Seahawks this weekend at State Farm. Next week, you got the Rams in L.A. 
And then the following week, uh, right before Thanksgiving, you've got uh, in Mexico, which Bird Gang Travel will be in Mexico. We actually, by now, it is released a la carte. If you're going to Mexico and want to join our parties, go to uh, birdgangtravel.com. They'll be playing the 49ers in Mexico on Monday Night Football. Then they'll have one more game before the bye against the Chargers. But those three divisional games, I mean, let's pretend somehow they write the ship and go 3-0 and these next three weeks. <laughs> now you own the division at that point, you would think. So uh, that's why it's it's statistically not over. I get what we're seeing on the field Yeah, leads to believe that it's over. But uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot wants- of veterans. There's veteran leadership there that really should. This is where they need to step in and and take some charge. Well, it's who wants it more? And I mean, based on what we're seeing, it looks like the 49ers want it more. You know, doing getting uh trading for McCaffrey, trying to trying mm-hmm. to build that championship team and go for that uh championship this year, which I mean they could potentially do it. I mean, they're playing well to beat the Rams on Sunday. Yeah, um, you you couldn't have two opposite. Uh, organizations right the cardinals trade for robbie anderson he gets barely any run and meanwhile the niners trade for mccaffrey and he passes a touchdown runs for a touchdown and receives a touchdown yeah it's three touchdowns man yeah (laughs) i mean yeah i did see uh you have posted the cardinals have made a signing i am not gonna attempt to say this name yeah well i guess i should it's an audio only podcast kamu griger hill Grugier? Grugier Hill, I think. Yeah, Grugier. I like that. I, I'll be honest. I don't know who this is. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big college football guy, so I have no clue who this guy is. But he led the Texans, uh, the Houston Texans, with 108 tackles and 13 tackles for a loss in 2021. He had started six games for them in 2022. Uh, or Oh, he started all six games this season before requesting his release last week. So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes time is really good at getting these you know, nuggets in in the in the rough there, and maybe maybe this is one of them. I I don't know. We'll yeah. we'll see. It'll be as interesting. Far as, as far as the NFC goes, um, because you know, the Vikings, who we just played on Sunday and got beat by, I I think that their their record this year is kind of just surprising to them. And now that they've kind of you know we're almost halfway through the season here, and they're looking at their record, they're like, we could probably make a run at this thing. I mean, they acquired. Uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson from the Lions, which is kind of a interesting uh, trade or whatever they ended up doing to get TJ because they're in the same, um, what do you call that division? The division, yeah, yeah, which is kind of interesting. But I mean, it just kind of shows that they're gonna they're gonna make a run for it. So you got the 49ers, you got the Vikings, you got the Eagles. Uh, who else made a big move uh, on the NFC this this uh, trade deadline? Um, I think those. Oh, the Broncos is AFC Broncos traded with the AFC, Dolphins. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. That there, there was a bunch of moves. I mean, Chicago made a a trade. They've they've tra- made a few trades. Defensively, away, sent some guys out. But no, yeah. then they just got uh, from the Steelers. Um, uh, but that's AFC too, though, right? Oh wait, no, oh, the Bears. Uh, Steelers are okay. The Steelers well, AFC, but yes, they they okay. just traded with the Bears. The Bears acquired uh, uh, Claypool, uh, some wide receiver help. So trying to help that offense, but I don't know if a wide receiver is going to do it. They, they so need more you, help than that. Of those three, because, I mean, it kind of seems like those are the three in the NFC, right? Am I missing somebody? Mm-hmm. You got the uh, the Vikings, Eagles, Niners, who made some moves that are doing really well right now. I, I think there, the biggest move in the NFC is is probably McCaffrey. I'm trying to think of any right, others. So, that, 40, yeah. so those three. I mean, uh, the Rams didn't do anything either, yeah, so they stayed no. pat. 
Seahawks didn't do anything that I know of, which is uh, interesting because they're playing really well. You think they would have like made some last minute? I don't changes think they want to disrupt run? disrupt the chemistry, right? Like they're really winning games, not with star power. This is really just like team football, and and that's how yeah, they put really together is. their wins. So uh, I don't know. Um, coming up, go ahead, Gunner. No, I was just say of those three, who do you think's going? I mean, I know you still want to hold that hope for the Cardinals, but I mean, let's let's kind of let's eliminate them. No, if I had to pick who's winning the division, it's going to be the Niners. I mean, I don't think the the division. NFC Championship, NFC Championship. Oh, ooh, Uh, Niners and they got the Cowboys uh, in it too. I mean, they're doing okay. uh, Niners, Eagles, maybe. I think the Eagles Eagles can keep this up. You know. Okay. You think you're you're counting out the Vikings then, huh? Even though they got uh, yeah, the Vikings. Dude, okay. we hung in there. We should have beat them. I mean, it's just a reality. Like we beat yeah. ourselves. The Vikings didn't do anything special. They, if the Vikings were legit, they would have blown us out. I mean, Cowboys are out. Yeah, I don't buy them. Okay, so you got Eagles, Niners in the championship. We'll, we'll, we'll ride yeah. it down, man. Let's see how you. Yeah. yeah, mark it down. <laughs> November first. November As 2nd, of November first, Eagles, <laughs> Eagles, Niners. That's what I got. Eagles, Niners. All right, man. Well, I think the Niners, the else, Niners but... will just continue what they do. I mean, they 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 get better as the season goes yeah. on. They did it last year as well. So, um, hey, one 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 last note that I got before we preview the next episode and and okay. wrap this glorious episode up is uh, during Monday Night Football, which would have been last night as this drops two nights ago, uh, Benjamin uh, Solik. And I just wanted to see if you see any comparisons here. He said, the Bengals are throwing behind. This is during the game. The Bengals are throwing behind the line of scrimmage a ton during their offensive slump. Uh-huh. Uh, then they they stopped against the Saints and Falcons and scored a lot more points. And ask me what they're doing tonight. Uh, go ahead. Ask me what they're doing. And so he was alluding, obviously, the Bengals lost to the Browns on Monday Night Football. But it was all because of a lot of passes behind the line of scrimmage. And yeah. he said, when they when their offense looked the Bengals offense looked phenomenal the last two weeks prior to Monday. And he said it's because they stopped doing that. Well, when we look at the Cardinals scoring woes and not scoring in the first half and not scoring in the first quarter, it we do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe well, that that resonates with uh Cliff and well, maybe we'll... May, maybe that'll be the other turning point. He's like, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. You never know. Never so know. that will do it for today's episode, but we will be back Friday. The episode will drop and we will go behind enemy lines. Once again, as we talk about the Seahawks, my, how things change a little bit for them when it comes to consistency uh, from the last time we played them a few weeks ago till today. Uh, I will tell tell you, Gunnar, I'm already going to prep this and maybe we okay. can lean on, lean on you and some of your resources from, uh, uh, the the PNW right is that what it is the PNW Pacific yeah the Northwest? PNW Pacific yeah. Northwest maybe. yeah yeah uh, I have reached out to our brother station or I mean our brother podcast with the Seahawks zero response once again this rivalry oh, is gosh. running real deep between the Cardinals and Seahawks so we will go beyond well, enemy lines either I'm gonna have to go to school and and read up more about the Seahawks again or we will have a guest but I am gonna lean on you somebody there's gotta be yeah. somebody. Hey man, I'm trying. I'm trying, but they 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 no sell my emails. This is this is how big okay. the Seahawks feel about themselves right now. This is what we have to prepare for this weekend, Cards fans. Is, Did they give you an these, Odyssey email yet or no? I don't remember. I'll talk to you about it offline, but <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll tell you the emails that I have that I'm I'm reaching out to. But no right. zero response from Seahawk 
uh, podcast. They hate us. We'll demand Seahawks representation on the next podcast. Well, it'll be embarrassing. Two episodes uh, of Seahawks Cardinals, and, and we can't get they have three hosts, Adam. Bird God. They have three hosts. We can't get one of them on the show. I, I just think they, they are very anti-Arizona Cardinals. So um, with that being said, uh, this <laughs> make sure uh, right there is Gunner Jackson. You could find him at uh, Radio Gunner on Instagram, correct? And the Gunner on mm. Twitter. Uh, you could find me on Instagram at Bird Gang Travel and on Twitter at Bird Gang Travel. And you can like, subscribe, download, do all those things. Just make, make sure you subscribe, download the biggest two. Uh, go do that at Cardinals Podcast or kickoffinthevalleypodcast.com. Either one is going to give you a nice template of 10 different places where you can find this lovely show and share it with all your friends. But don't forget, always kick off in the valley.